third down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, joined by the usual crew of Jake, Frank, Lunis, and we're off. The offseason has kicked off and in a dramatic, crazy way. So it started off, we're recording on Tuesday, so I mean, I'm sure everyone already knows what the news is, but started off Tuesday morning, Aaron Rodgers signs what's reportedly going to be a huge deal, like a $200 million, uh, $50 million a year deal with the Green Bay Packers, sticking with Green Bay. And we're like, oh, okay, that's pretty big news. Uh, you know, what else is going to happen? Well, it turns out Broncos are trading for Russell Wilson, and that would that trade includes um, Russ in a fourth to the Broncos for two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and everyone's favorite, Drew Locke. So, Let's go! Drew Locke, baby! Also, we have... QB1! <laughs> also, we have Calvin Ridley suspended for a year for gambling. So it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure of which one we want to kick off with. I think Russ is probably the biggest news and affects yeah. the most, like the the most dynasty players. Um, so I guess we should go with that first. Just I personally, I think I was on the record maybe two weeks ago saying I'm pretty sure Russ is going to stay in Seattle. I don't really see how he gets traded. Well, I was wrong. Uh, Lunas tweeted like. Two hours before the season. Yeah, happened. did you see? I, I just found like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Carson Wentz is going to be a Broncos. <laughs> and then two hours later, Russ ends up on the Broncos. Um, all right, so I guess we'll just start with the big name player first, Russ Wilson. Good, bad? I, I think, I don't see anyone saying it's good. bad. Yeah, I don't think Very anyone good. said Very this good. is a bad move. Um, he's now paired with Nathaniel Hackett as his head coach, uh, coming from the Packers. Uh, he's got two young weapons in Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton as his receivers. So, you know, not a, like DK, I think if we're ranking all four of the receivers in DK, Lockett, Sutton, Judy, I think DK is the clear best receiver of the four. But then I think you can mix any of the three up uh, just based on preference, essentially. And I, I, like, I don't see there being a noticeable difference. Uh, he's also got Javante and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. And everyone's well, favorite. Maybe. Alberto. Maybe yeah, maybe Mill. Um, all right. So, Russ, I think it's consensus. Good for Russ. I, I haven't seen it. I don't think there's been many contrarian opinions that it's bad for Russ. I can't imagine how it would be. Um, let's move to the weapon, the outside weapons now. We got Judy and Sutton. Also feels like you're getting the upgrades. I, I think this is just keep it simple, like good for both these guys. Where it gets super interesting is... We have Noah Fant moving to Seattle and Albert O staying in Denver. I think that's what most people are focused on in terms of the dynasty outlook for any of these players. And I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I had Albert O kind of just as like a he was free off waivers. And I have Noah Fant in a lot of my leagues because I'm big on Noah Fant. And so just immediately skyrocketing to the moon, you got a starting tight end out of nowhere. Um, do you think? It's coach speak saying, like, we really like Albert O moving forward. Like, we're, you know, they're, they're just saying that to justify them trading away Noah Fant, who they took in the first round a couple of years ago. Or do you think they truly believe Noah, uh, Albert O is the future starting tight end for the Denver Broncos? That's a good question. I, I feel pretty confident in saying he's going to be the starting tight end this season. Uh, I don't think it's anything where it's like, oh, he's going to be like our long-term answer where like I feel super confident about him long-term. But heading into next season, yeah, because I mean, he's going to be 
Well, it's also going to be tricky. I want to see how those targets play out between like him and like a Tim Patrick versus like who's really like the third option on that uh, passing offense. Uh, but for this season, I feel good. Like it's, all of a sudden now he's valuable and he's kind of like a week to week play, especially when it's like so many tight ends. It's kind of like you have no idea. Like you're just praying for a touchdown. Like him playing with Russell Wilson will give like as good a chance as like a lot of the tight ends in no range. So, I mean, I think Alberto obviously gets a bump here, but I, I've i seen on Twitter and Reddit and all these places, people have now all of a sudden ranked Alberto as like a top seven to oh, ten that's crazy. dynasty tight yeah, It's end. just and ridiculous. That, I didn't realize it was that high. So, like, I think he's a good guy to like ha- be a bye week fill-in, maybe a flex play if in an emergency. But like, I, realistically, I just think he's going to be another Gerald Everett from what we saw last season in Seattle where it's a very touchdown-dependent, if anything, um, from the tight end position here. Obviously, Judy, Sutton, Gordon, Javante, uh, even Tim Patrick are going to dominate the targets here. And they all probably get a, a big, big boost from Russell Wilson, obviously. So I just don't really see a lot of targets left for Alberto. And on top of that, Russell Wilson historically really hasn't used his tight end, except for, like, Jimmy Graham had, like, 13 touchdowns one year or whatever it was. But, like, that's it. Um, he doesn't historically, you know, use the tight end a whole lot. I know he really hasn't had a good one in Seattle, but still, I just think these weapons on the outside are too good for him to ignore. And I think they're going to get the boost rather than Alberto. And if I could sell him, I, I absolutely would right now. I mean, I, I really don't think you have to overanalyze the Alberto situation. To me, I see a guy that he has a ceiling. I understand he's an athletic dude. He he looks good. But the guy hasn't really put up more than 700 yards ever in a season. So, like, why? Why? I'm pretty sure college and the NFL, don't necessarily quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Why am I all of a sudden betting on him to become a top seven dynasty tight end when I can sell him around that fringe top 10 price? I feel like it happens every year with these tight ends. Uh, listen, I, it, very rarely do you get a tight end that's really getting some hype Unless they're a first-round pick, I'm just going to sell and and move transition my assets into something less risky. There, I think if you're looking to take a flyer on tight end, first off, you got to wait like a week or two for this to calm down because I think whatever the price right now is for Albert O, Albert o is probably too high because the person just got excited about the news. Whatever the price is is probably too high. Now. If you're looking for a flyer kind of guy, I don't see anything wrong with taking him over the likes of, you know, Johnu and, and that kind of tier of tight end. But when you have to give up so much that you probably will have to give up for Albert O, that's where I do have concerns. I've been seeing people on Twitter say, like, trade Noah Fant for Albert O, or trade Albert O for Noah Fant. And I saw Ryan McDowell, who's one of the biggest dynasty people in the space like who would you rather have in dynasty and it was like 60 40 albert o to no fan i just really i still don't yeah, believe that's every, true everyone's going i've seen so many polls <laughs> a bunch of different dynasties people are going Twitter. crazy they're going crazy i'm I sorry if i have them i'm sending out off i already sent out all the the bulk trade to everyone in my league on a second yeah no if people are really thinking that he's an easy seller like based what, well, what was the offer, Frank? What are you trying to get? I don't have Alberto in any of my leagues, so I don't really know oh, what okay. the price is, but I imagine some sort of second round pick. I I might try for like a mid second, early second. I saw he had someone a mid rank, early second for I, Alberto. I saw, well, the thing is, I saw someone 
with a good amount of followers that I thought was like Smart. pretty established. Not necessarily. It's Twitter, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had Albert O ranked over TJ Hawkinson. So like to me, I'm just like, okay, too much hype. I'm just going to sell. I'm never, you're That's never going to get this opportunity again. To me, I just, obviously, I just, Albert O, he becomes insane. He becomes insane. <clears throat> but I think the yeah. consensus move is to sell. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I brought it up like briefly in my initial point on it. Like, I think as just a receiving threat in general, I know slightly different positions. I think Tim Patrick is better than him. Like, I, I, I think Tim Patrick is probably going to end up with more targets than Albert O. And he's going to be kind of like that third guy. Like, Albert O, you literally, you, how I view it is like you're just kind of hoping for touchdowns. And that reason I said like he's higher is because Russell Wilson's going to throw probably the most touchdowns any Denver QB has since, like, what, Peyton Manning. Um, but still, it's I didn't realize it was that high online. Well, one, someone who's interesting real quick before we move on is Hamler. I mean, his price, I don't think yeah. I've seen anything about him. I, listen, I'm not the biggest Hamler guy. I, I wasn't coming out of the draft, but I will admit that I think it was the beginning of this season that he tore his ACL. Before he tore it, I thought he looked pretty good. Um and definitely improved as a player. I don't really know what the ACL is going to do to him, but someone kind of on the for free radar, if possible, you're making a trade. You see he's on the roster. You think you can get him for nothing. If the hype hasn't gotten to him, maybe. But he's just someone to keep on your radar. I like that one. I think um, for, a, like you said, like a free price, I think that's a good, good, good target. Yeah, also really quickly before we move on for the trade, I know we kind of analyzed that we just think that the Broncos are a better situation than than the Seahawks. I'm just really curious to see what, what the coaching staff and kind of the, from a philosophical standpoint, the Broncos organization that's not one of these kind of conservative organizations. You really got that at Seattle, like a conservative, older head coach outside of the Jamal Adams. I mean, they do weird shit in Seattle. There's something <laughs> in the air. Like, now you go into an organization that seems very committed to going all in, and they have the offensive staff in place. Are we going to be able to see Russ's best season yet, or is that taking the bait on the hype? Best season? I don't know, but I think it's going to be one of his best seasons. Like, I think this year, in terms of especially his fantasy outlook, it's going to be one of the best total seasons. Assuming, obviously, he stays healthy and everything. Uh, one of the best seasons. He's, I don't know if I can go number one, though, because he had some insane seasons a couple years ago. The yeah, his the side. Uh, go ahead, JT. Well, his 2014 year, he re- he rushed 118 times for 850 yards and six rushing touchdowns. Like I don't think we're seeing that. You won't see that. You won't see. But that. I do think it'll be a good year overall. Um, just something that I wanted to throw out there uh, about the Albert O thing, uh, real quick for you guys is Jimmy Graham when he went to Seattle. People think of like it wasn't that great of a, a, a mesh. Which he had a Jimmy, really productive year one year, I think. Jim, two years. Jimmy, year. Graham, two Jimmy years. Graham got injured his first year with Seattle, and then his next two years he finished as the tight end four both times. Now, Albert O isn't Jimmy Graham, but I think when people are saying, like, I think you're taking the bait if you're saying, like, oh, you know, the Seattle offense as a whole the past two years, like the tight end position general just got 100 targets split between, like, four people. Like, how is Albert O going to be that good? You know, if he's not even getting 100 targets when, like, the 10th tight end uh, in fantasy was getting 100 targets. Um, I think that's taking the bait. I just think he's an okay flyer. Now, back to Russ, sorry. Uh, Back to Russ. I think Russ will have a good year this year. I think he's probably going to get 
taken too high in fantasy drafts at this point. Um, you know, he's going to be in that that tier of players where like Mahomes does, happens every year, Lamar happens every year, where they're getting taken like the second, third round, and it's like, well, why aren't you just taking running backs and receivers? Um, this is like non super flex uh, fantasy redrafts. Um, we're talking about fantasy redrafts. Yeah, 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 hold, on, hold on, hold on. But we're no, going. No, I, with get, that. I get, I get the point. I'm going with that is. We're gonna start. We're gonna start like overhyping Russell Wilson, where I think his, his points over expected are not going to be like. Dak is losing Amari Cooper. Uh, who knows if they go and draft a receiver? I don't think his season's going to be that much different than Dak's. Like I think they're going to be pretty close. Is my mm, current prediction? I, I think Wilson will have more. Yeah. So isn't Russell Wilson a lot cheaper than than Dak Prescott? In well, that that's where you get the age yeah. factor into all of it and everything. Yeah. Although is, Listen, is I've Russell got tons Wilson of Russell Wilson that. in, in my know. leagues, and I, I'm i kind of chilling with him. I, I like keeping him. Russell Wilson yeah. is... 32. Uh, you got to put on a late second on top of him to get to Dak, according to... Okay, fine. Uh, oh, I want to say something real quick. Uh, how do you guys feel about DK now? I was going to bring up that point. Bring up that point next is I'm curious to see what this Seattle offense looks like next year. I'm, I'm, I think... They probably are going to go back to more of the ground and pound that we've seen from Pete Carroll that he likes to do and try to Which just run Chris does... Carson and a lot and Rashad Penny as, Penny, as yeah. much as possible, um, assuming Carson's back healthy and Penny can stay healthy. Um, and I think he's which a is a, well. I think they want to bring him back, and I think they will. Um, so I think it's a big if, but I'm really curious to see how this offense evolves because I don't think we're going to see. What we've seen from them the past few years and letting Russ really air the ball out. Obviously, he won't be there, but I don't think they're going to let the next quarterback do that. So I want to see what happens to them. I think there's going to be less targets to be had in that offense as a whole. I think the problem is, though, is that halfway through the season, that coaching staff is going to get canned, and now it's just going to be (laughs) fucking. I don't even know. I don't even know (laughs) if Pete Carroll's going to come back for next season now. As in, like, like, come. Or this upcoming one. I think that was part of the. I think if Russ was going to go, Carroll was going to stay. I think that's kind of. But why? And <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, and the thing, the other thing I was going to say about Seattle's offense, um, it's so hard to predict now with DK. Like, first off, if I'm if I have DK, I'm not panic selling or selling somewhat though at all. He's an easy no. hold for me. Um, but uh, with their offense, it's just so impossible to predict because you have no idea how they're going to go with quarterback. I think now with the ninth pick in the draft. They're one of those people that are now in contention to possibly draft a rookie quarterback in that spot. So how do you feel if like if like a Pickett or Willis is taken there, or maybe they go free agency like a Jimmy Garoppolo, which would actually be funny. He stays in the division, but um, that's what makes it so hard to predict. Right? Or if they go Drew Locke, that's like a whole other shit show. There's, I, no, I don't think it really is Lock. hard to predict because okay, yeah, he might not have like the wide receiver one in the league upside because you just don't think he's going to score that many touchdowns now because their offense is probably going to fucking suck. But the fact of the matter is is that this guy pr- should be getting targets. Like he's, it, it doesn't matter who you are as the quarterback. I mean, who else are you going to throw the ball to, if, especially if Lockett gets traded? Like I think Lockett right now is the more concern if he stays on Seattle. His efficiency was with Russ was so high okay, yeah, I don't know what the hell you do about it, but, yeah, you're concerned there. DK, to me, how is he not going to be getting tons of targets? As long as the guy can at least put it in the general vicinity, 
I'm not worried about DK. It's not like DK had a crazy year last year, but if you give him 150, 160 targets, he's going to be a a low-end wide receiver one again, I think. I don't worry. I think that the quarterback throwing the receiver the ball a lot of times is really overrated to a certain extent. Obviously, in extremes, if you have shit-stained McGee who can't complete a pass, that's a problem, but... Well, all right. Let's just do. I mean, even on the just, just, just as a little game, even as like the top end guy, and I'm, you know, Cooper Cup last year went from getting the ball from Staff or from Goff to Stafford, and he went from, you know, a good wide receiver, high end wide receiver two to wide receiver one in the league. Yeah, but that that's the thing I was saying is that your upside is is capped. But as long as you get 150 targets, you're good. You can easily produce as a low end wide receiver one on a points per game margin. Do you guys know? I wish I okay. I'm gonna do the math right. It's gonna be live math. Some real interesting stuff for you. So Russell Wilson was out weeks five, six, seven, and eight. That's when we had Geno Smith, right? So yeah. Over the course of that time, DK Metcalf averaged. Um, he averaged about. Sorry. He got. 17.25 points per game over that four-game stretch. Guess what he did during the season? What was his season points per game? Lower than that. Like 16 and a half, 15, somewhere in there? It was 12. Wow. It was 12. So I'm not that concerned. Like I'm not concerned about Russell Wilson moving on. I mean, Drew Locke would suck if that's actually a starting quarterback. I just can't imagine he is. Uh, but even if it's Drew Locke, like, I think DK will be fine. Well, what's interesting is that from the vibes of the organization, it seems like DK Metcalf is like one of four players they're actually committed to in yeah. keeping around. Hey, we don't want to get rid of DK Metcalf. He's the guy. Like, Obviously, you might take this short-term bump, but who knows? I mean, we've seen players finish well with average to slightly below average and even sometimes below average quarterbacks if you're one of these big behemoth types of guys i mean d hop how many quarterbacks did he get tom savage baby yeah just the most random people (laughs) so i I think that if if you're panicking don't panic i'm not saying don't buy or sell them but the panic is completely unjustified um just let's go into some other stuff though Quick poll before we move on. Last thing. Who's the Seahawks quarterback next season? Go. Just around the room. JT, who you got? Who's their quarterback? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, the quarterback? I'll just go way out of pocket here. Jalen Hurts. Whoa. Wait. Next question. Lunas, who you got? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I was going to go bold and say Malik Willis. Okay, Frank? It's the Seahawks. So you got to throw in something really wacky. I just I'm going to go Desmond Ritter. Oh, okay. They would be the type to draft Yeah, Ritter. that's the, such a just Seattle pick. <laughs> that would be. They would and be they the won't team. even got... take him with the first. They'll pick him in the second. Like... Absolutely. <laughs> yes, Jake. I have Carson, I, I have Carson Wentz in Seattle. Next. Oh, I can see that. Carson Wentz that going just... all around the fucking globe, game. man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his handoff game is top the... In, the, in the league. I was going to say, think about now that Rodgers and Wilson are settled, like the non-rookie QB options. It's what? It's Wentz, Jimmy G, and Trubisky? Am I forgetting yeah. anyone? Pretty much that. That's for the most part, those three. All right. 
Um, moving on to Aaron Rodgers resigning with the Packers. I it started to get hinted more and more that that was probably going to be the case. I, I would have never believed it. I don't know, even like four months ago, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Um, but Aaron Rodgers resigns with the Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams is franchise tag, so he's going to stay. It's just they have to sign him back. to a deal, too. They're going to need to sign Devontae to a deal, too, because otherwise I think he could hold out because he's probably going to make way more than what the cap is, uh, whatever the franchise tag is. Um, so I, if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm probably demanding, like, you sign me to a long-term deal. Uh I think the real quick. Um, yeah. Let me, let me take this, JT. I think the big okay. question for this segment is: Does this mean longevity for Rodgers? Are you now no. not worried about him retiring next year or doing something weird because he signed this extension? Do you think you're because if you if you think like oh 100, I'm getting at least three or four years. I think that now Rodgers' value is slightly bumped in my eyes because of. I mean, the beginning of this season, there was a little bit of in the back yeah. of your head worry about retirement and potentially for next year. But does that mean any any guaranteed longevity um, now? It's not guaranteed at all. I'd say I feel a little bit better, but like not at the point where I feel safe. And especially if at any point over these next four years, um, if he wins the Super Bowl, I could easily see him just leaving after that. Like in this, if on year two of this deal he wins it, I could see him retiring after. That. Especially he said he considered retirement this offseason. So Lunas. Are you taking him or Tua? The Tua test. Oh, God. Why Tua? Um... <laughs> it's the Tua test. <laughs> this was usually good with Baker Mayfield, but he got crapped on until... Yeah. Bar, so I'm just gonna slide to it in now. Just yeah. a month of us talking Baker Mayfield, <laughs> <laughs> who's not relevant at all to any of this. No. Um, oh, that's tough. Is I'll, it? I'll take I'll take Rogers because I don't think he's gonna win the Super Bowl. He just always chokes in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. taking Rogers too. <laughs> I'd rather just the like, yeah, sure, Tua could could improve with Mike McDaniel. And, it's close. Uh, well, are we talking but, straight up or are we talking the difference in, in, in value? Because if, if I'm you, talking, I, I can get Tua and a pick, I probably oh, that's that. different. That's different. Um, well, what, also, pick? what pick are we talking? I don't know. Whatever is fair and keep trade. Early card. third. Uh, early third. How about that? Aaron Rodgers for Tua. Also, here's the thing. The balance, if you, the balance is 305. There you go. If you, if you promise me I'd rather Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, if you promised me Tua would stay healthy, I think I'd pick Tua. But that's like one thing that makes Tua me. Tua and the third. You get a third as well. 305. Mm -hmm. Yeah, use it wisely because I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking that Aaron Rodgers. Could be <laughs> I mean, I'm taking Rodgers. I'll take the guy uh, that just I won back-to-back MVPs. <laughs> Albert O is worth more in the second range now. Well, I'm saying that's where he was. That's picked when, when drafts oh, okay. were coming. All right. You got to, to an Alberto or Rodgers. I mean, other than that, it's the same <laughs> old shenanigans for Rodgers. There's really nothing yeah. else. Okay. Yeah. So I thought this was going to be the most controversial thing that was going to happen because this came down. Was this just yesterday? <laughs> just yesterday on Monday, Calvin Ridley got handed yeah. a one-year suspension for gambling. Um, we, I, I, I personally think it's – the league had to do it. It's gambling and yeah. everything. I think people could disagree, but uh, let's just focus they, they on the dynasty. Really yeah, let's just focus on the dynasty stuff. Like Calvin Ridley out for another year. Uh, obviously, it hurts Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think it necessarily helps 
Kyle Pitts, I think Kyle Pitts was going to get whatever amount of targets he's going to get, whether Calvin Ridley was there or not. Uh, I guess it opens the door for like Russell Gage or Zacchaeus or anything. But to me, I think it's just, it's solely a Calvin Ridley thing. It and is slightly a bump a, a down. I mean, I think, I think what we could Matt see Ryan. here, what we could see here is the Falcons taking a wide receiver with some yeah. pretty solid draft capital. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be a first round pick, but I would not be surprised to see them use a day two pick day on two. a wide receiver, wide receiver here, a pretty solid one. Um, whoever that may ends up being, but I think whoever ends up in Atlanta as that next wide receiver up, you know, we, they had Julio, they had Calvin Ridley, that next wide receiver up, I think they will have a solid role in this offense moving forward and is a guy that people are going to probably overhype a little bit. Dude, what I think is interesting now, um, I remember I was on Reddit like later yesterday and I saw like one of the top things was obviously on like the Dynasty community, the Ridley news. I saw uh, people who have read lead. They said they'd take any second, and so yeah. I. How if I had two twelve and I'm trying to like win? Do I take? Okay, he won't play for a season, but like and you have a thirty year old wide receiver that hasn't played in two seasons. Good luck. Next question. He'll be twenty nine, <laughs> right? He's twenty seven right now. Lunas, let me pose you this, though. Knowing what we know about the Dynasty community and what we've seen over players that didn't play for a full year, do you, do you not think that this price could go lower? That's a good question. Um, like, yeah, they're desperate now, but what if we wait? <laughs> what if we wait? <laughs> wait, wait, so Frank, are you with me on it? Like, I want I... Ridley. Like, I think that yeah, Ridley like... could be a good buy. Um. That's what if you can get him for me, if I, if I can get him for like 212 or 301 or whatever that may be, I'm willing to wait a year for him to cut. He's that talent when he was playing, he was one of the best receivers in football. I'm not saying like obviously like a top five level or anything, but he was a premier receiver. Um, and he was, yeah, the thing you is, know people how many, are still saying, do you that. know how many times Calvin Ridley has finished as a top 20 wide receiver? I think just once, but that's a little bit of bait because he got hurt a couple years in a row. Yeah, I mean, if you don't count last season, he played 16, 13, and 15 games. So we always played more than 13 okay. games. And he only finished the wide receiver 20 or better once. Yeah, but wasn't that like top like five? Like the year before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was receiver five, exactly. I, I don't know. I'm probably not going out and buying Calvin Ridley because I just think like... Well, the I'll ask, would you rather have like 210, 211, or Calvin Ridley? If someone offers me... JT someone... is like, whatever pick has David Bell. That's the lowest they'll da go. David Bell is before 210, 211 easily for yeah, me. Yeah, uh, that'd be an early... Unless he's not drafted in the first three rounds. I mean, I just keep making that caveat. But, all right, this is how I'm looking at it, right? If I have Calvin Ridley, I'm not accepting 210 or 211 for Calvin but would I give up 210 or 211 for Calvin Ridley? Also, probably not. I just like, it's like, I'm just mixing like, paradox. I'm just stuck in, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be stuck in my ways here and be like, I don't want to give up this pick, but I also don't want to trade for that pick. I, you say that, but there, there are people doing it. Like, I saw like, the oh, I'm sure was, there are. Yeah. Like, I felt like that was like kind of the common consensus agreement on that thread. Like, oh, yeah, you got a second rounder. Great job. And, like, I, I just on. think, yeah, I. Yeah, those are the same leagues where you're getting a first for Gabe Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, like, 
he is he's gonna be older like we still don't know where he's gonna end up we don't know when he's when gonna, this... we don't know when he's gonna be back like i gotta I, assume it's I, going to be a year i'll assume uh, i'll assume the start of uh the yeah. 2020 but, but i mean like he was the same guy that just sat out a full season basically yeah for well, being for for what no one knows. No one knows what's well, going on. I think he did. Like, he did the the but, way he was tweeting post the announcement. He did was inferring like I'm gonna play again back. once this yeah, is yeah. done. Yeah. But the thing is, where will he be playing again? I think is the bigger question. I don't think it's going to be Atlanta. I, I think they're the plan. No was, he was never going to be playing in Atlanta no. this year. Um, now where will he be a year from now? I don't know. Um, I just think you have a better chance if if you tend to elevens. Like maybe I would trade two ten or two eleven for Calvin Ridley. I would. have to see how the board looks. Um, but like in that mid second, like there are definitely going to be prospects that have, that can certainly increase their value and be worth more than Calvin Ridley come like mid season. Um, now well, I'm Wait, looking. Hold on, hold on, Rob Robert Miller, you guys got to hear this. Which player's hands scare a franchise more? Sean Watson's hands at the masseuse, <laughs> or Calvin Ridley's hands placing fifteen hundred on the Falcons to win in a parlay. <laughs> I'm gonna add. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna still say Watson scare me more. Uh, yeah, I don't know, no comment. <laughs> I, wow! Wow! There. All right. Sides. I feel like, like I, I, I kind of was interested. Like they never announced that that parlay hit or not. I because the Falcons were on the game. The no, he did, well, they they because it was against the Jags. Was it a money He's line like, pick? oh, they're beating the Jags. Was it a money line? <laughs> Who knows if it was even money line? It might have been spread. <laughs> um, but where's I gonna go with that? Side, side note: There's supposed to be some Deshaun Watson news coming soon. Where he's Friday. Yeah. There's so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that just reminded yeah. me of that. Um, yeah. Friday. All right, right, Calvin Ridley, I, I don't know. I, you guys had me curious, though, looking into the Falcons, and they do have two second-round picks. So yeah, and they have only Frank Darby under contract right now <laughs> at receiver. So they got to get someone. Um, all right, My let's get David on to some other stuff, though. This, this, is a, this is a topic that I found interesting that was clearly slid under the rug because <laughs> yeah, of today's news. I forgot about when I was going um, Goes, Mike Williams just re-signed with the Chargers. It was a chonker of a deal. It was like three years, 60 mil, 40 yeah. guaranteed. Um, so they kind of went with the high guaranteed money. I mean, it was a big-ass contract to begin with. To keep Mike Williams around, that may have kind of killed the the buy Mike Williams train that I was on a little bit. I know, because I was going to say, you actually, credit to you, you called it, because you were, you were saying, uh, I forgot however many pods ago, uh how like you saw that everyone was assuming he was gonna leave in free agency so you actually thought he was like a sneaky buy right now because you thought the charges would resign him yeah i I mean i'm just wondering if this increases his price i also just think he's a good buy because you're getting a guy that finished as a low-end wide receiver one high-end wide receiver two on the season and points per game at what he's not worth a first round pick i don't think i keep trade cut at least before the contract he might be now um the issue I have with Mike Williams, and it's the issue I've always had, is consistency. He's always been a guy to put up yeah. those monster games, and then he just has three weeks in a row where he puts yeah, up. Yeah, but that's like half points. the receivers in football. Yeah. No, it's not. No, would you rather not. have Mike Williams or Tyler Lockett? I mean, Assuming yeah, age wasn't still, an issue. Mike those are the those are the two big boom bust wide receivers that you have. You see 
in fantasy yeah, but, football every and then, year. We, and then Tyler Lockett was super fucking consistent last year. So, like, to me, if people are arguing about consistency, I could care less. Because, to be honest, I might rather have the boom bust from my receiver spot. Like, unless you're, like, the, the top three receivers, then if you're going for consistency, go buy a running back or a quarterback well, or something. I, I think the real question is... Was this a fraudulent year by Mike Williams, or is this something that we can expect? Because while to... while it's in sorry, Lewis, one second. While Jake's right, like he was super inconsistent. Like you live and die with the like, like you'll you'll take that wide receiver production if he's a, a, a you know a later you know wide receiver twelve, wide receiver fifteen on the year, whatever he was. You you'll take that obviously. Uh, you'll live with the highs and the lows, but. He had 129 targets last year when his most, like his next highest was 90 two years prior. Like, I just, are we seeing 30 more targets? Uh, like, like, is that, is he going to regress back to what his average was? Cause before then he was averaging about 85 targets. No, I like, don't think, like, I we, think we he's can, a, he's a lock for around 120 targets. If I'm going to be a gambling man, I'd much rather bet on him getting 120 than getting 90. Okay, but here's here's the issue I have with Mike Williams. And it's it's just from weeks one to five, he was wide receiver two. From the rest of the season, he was wide receiver 80. <laughs> he was very not good down the stretch of the season. He was bad, actually. So, like, it's not just boom bust. It's like he had a few very good games in the, in the beginning of the season, and then he was bad. Yeah, so that's like, fine. But I, he also picked. He was also playing through a couple injuries, and I'm pretty sure was questionable basically every week. So like, I, I'll just buy the point. Like he, okay, whether you want to say, oh, it's beginning of the season, he can't be consistent or not. To me, points are points, and on a per game basis, he's a low end wide receiver one. He got 120 targets. He's tied to a great offense, and to me, great offense equals good wide receiver twos and little bullshit like that. So, like, you look at, especially last year, the top offenses all produced, for the most part, multiple wide receivers in, in like, the top 24, top 30. I think that the Chargers offense is another offense like that that I want to buy into. This is an offense that passes the ball a fuck ton. I want receivers that are good on the, on the offenses that pass the ball a lot, especially when I don't need to pay a first-round pick to get it. Well... Let me let me throw this to you, and we could transition into the next topic too, because this is what I ask: Who would you rather have, Mike Williams or Amari Cooper? Mike Williams. Hmm. Well, why I'm asking is Amari Cooper is rumored to get cut by the Cowboys, so we don't know where Amari Cooper is going to be. But they're currently the the. I think the keep trade cut started to reflect Amari Cooper getting cut. That news Actually, it hasn't reflected Mike Williams resigning yet. So Amari Cooper is a little above Mike Williams currently, but I think their value is going to be very similar. Um, so a couple days because no, because my first instinct was Mike Williams just because the uncertainty of where Amari Cooper uh, ends up if he ends up on like a shitty offense to just overpace him, but. Like the next thought came to my head of like, where do I see Amari Cooper ending up? And then the first team that came to my head was the Patriots. And I was like, I actually think he'd be a really good fit with Mac Jones and in that offense. So now I'm kind of torn I between. I don't, I don't know. I don't see Amari Cooper going to New England. JT, you see it as a Patriots? <laughs> I fan? might rather have Cooper. I could see it. 
I, I could I see it, but I think I. Am I on an island? What? I think I'd rather have Mike Williams. I, I lean Mike Williams, that, but yeah. the Patriots thing has me. The one good. thing that I like about Mike Williams is that I think that we've seen him get better as a receiver at this stage of his career compared to the beginning, even though he, I'm pretty sure year two, he had a very good year. I think that the Mike Williams last year, and I think the stats show it was easily the best Mike Williams we've seen. Um, and he's yeah. playing at an age where if you look at the bell curve, 26, 27 is prime production age for wide receivers. So I would love to invest in a wide receiver at that age period rather than, I mean, Cooper's right around there too. I'm pretty sure he's 27. It's just, yeah, they're both 27, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm going up there. I think I'd rather have Cooper, but I agree, like, whoever's cheaper. Yeah, Skull Dynasty's right. The answer is whoever you can get whoever's cheaper. cheaper. I kind of agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I agree But I, if I too. had to pick one, I think I'm still going Cooper, even though I've all of a sudden liked Mike Williams now. Mark Cooper is four months older than Mike Williams. Um, um, real quick before we move on to the next subject, mm-hmm. because Parker asked, and so we can address it quick. Uh, you guys think Seahawks are the favorite for Watson? I don't know, dude. Watson, Watson doesn't he have that no trade clause? Why the hell is he going to a team that's clearly rebuilding? Well, would they be real? But if they went out and got Deshaun Watson, are they rebuilders? Like, yeah, but if you're Watson and you saw what the hell yeah, just happened I mean, with Russell probably... Wilson in that division. In this economy, come on. In this, in this economy, <laughs> uh, well, I, I truly don't know how much. Like, well, we had have to see where Deshaun. I still wants think the go. Panthers are the favorite for Watson. Also, word in the street is the those fucking massage parlor around Seattle just aren't. Oh good. my god! So you really think he's going into <laughs> that area? I think come we're on. hitting our Deshaun Watson quota for the. Yeah, that's <laughs> enough. All right, um, franchise tags. <laughs> we can run through these. All right, uh, Chris Godwin gets tagged. Feels like that's not really a surprise. It's yeah. kind of weird that he's stuck on that team now without Tom Brady, but uh, we still no, don't know. know. It doesn't really change. Actually. Would you have rather him hit the open market, Lunas? It's so hard to know. He, he could have chose his quarterback, quarterback, basically. If he hit the open market, he could have chose his quarterback. So I think, yeah. most. I also, like, think, I also think he would have just give went to whoever team offered him the most. I feel like he was. Yeah, but I don't think that necessarily would have been a bad thing. Most times, most times I'd say, most times I'd say I'd want my receiver staying with the team, whatever team they're on. Like they keep you for a reason. I think with Chris Godwin, like he's, I, I feel like easily the top receiver coming out of this free agency. You could make the argument for Allen Robinson or Juju, I guess, or Amari Cooper when he gets cut. No, yeah, it's Godwin. But I think I'd rather Godwin. Um, so I think he would have had his cream of the crop kind of pick. Like hey, there would have been multiple teams looking to sign him, and I think he would have ended up in a good situation. Yeah, but again, so, that's yeah, that's rather that's that's what you would have thought about Kenny Galladay last offseason. Yeah, but Kenny Galladay, hey, hey, uh, hey, I hey, have hey. a different. I've, Don't I've you Kenny... do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Zero touchdowns. One last last. Yeah, that wasn't his fault. Last last year was a weird market too because people didn't know how COVID was going to fully affect the salary cap going forward. I, I just think receivers was, was weird. The whole he's, yeah, he's still getting paid, so yeah. did he lose a lot of money? <laughs> I, I also just don't think Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin are, are Godwin's a better that receiver. similar in talent. Yeah, I think Chris Godwin's much more talented. Um, I, I don't have much else to add on that. Like it's it's whatever I guess it's stats. Yeah, it's, Mike Gesicki gets the tag. Yeah. yeah, to me that I mean, kind of seems it, like a prove it thing. 
Yeah, him, I don't love that for Gesicki just because him and like Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I was gonna say you would have uh, wanted him to get the long term extension. Yeah, him, him and Dalton Schultz to me both because Dalton Schultz also got the franchise tag. Both of those guys seem like a prove it, like prove why we should sign you for whatever, however long. Um, I get more of the vibe though that the Dalton Schultz one was more in the vein of like let's run it back, like. Because we don't have a lot of salary, especially in our later years, that we can have tied up to to Dalton Thanks, Schultz's. Like, <laughs> let's just give him the tag. Whereas Mike Gesicki was legitimately more of like a, we don't know if we want to pay this guy long term <clears> at <throat> all. Not well, like, oh, we're just not going to have the money to yeah, do so. I, I, I think I think Gesicki has a chance to get an extension. I'm not going. I'd be shocked if Schultz got. Like uh, a, I think it might be a nice extension. I, I think he signed the, for cheap. I think the difference is you're going to see Gasicki want more close, like closer oh, to yeah, wide receiver money. Sure. He's going to want somewhere closer to wide receiver money. While Dalton Schultz was more of a tight end, I'd say. So yeah, I think I think a stat came out today because Schultz is on the tight end tag, which is significantly less than the wide receiver tag, obviously. But he lines up. At tight at the actual tight end position and not in the slot, something like fifteen percent of his snaps, most eighty five percent of his snaps or something close to that, he runs out of the slot. So it's I'm interested to see if he actually tries to get more out of the league. And Are you talking? Is that Gasicki or Schultz? Yeah, Gasicki. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people were saying like, oh, Kyle Pitts is going to get a wide receiver designation, but like he. When you have Gasicki, who's doing that, like only fifteen percent lined up as tight end, and he's still a tight end. Like I don't see Kyle Pitts or changing the wide receiver. Sorry for the distraction, but yeah, I, I just think these guys. Hey, you would have rather seen the extension, obviously. Um, I'm not going out and buying either of these guys because I have to assume their price is slightly inflated. But I don't, I don't hate it either. Like I think it's just stats quo for these guys as well i, I, I just i think it's forwards. good for dalton schultz because you know he's going to be tied into the offense he was at last year that's no amari cooper right. now so like you're thinking that he can definitely put up a similar role to what he did last year which he was very good in um if you picked up dalton schultz that was like a league winning type of move because you probably picked him up for basically nothing um Devonte adams gets the tag that's like status quo kind of a move nothing changes there no rogers moving so that's big i think they're yeah. going to work out a long-term deal though. same i think that's... i think since rogers signed for four years that yeah adams i think that's a consensus feel as well that they 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 probably told the plan to rogers that that's what they feel that they're going to do and that mm-hmm. he's on board with it that's probably one of the ways they sold him and then Njoku gets the tag is there anything moving there I don't know why they gave him the tag. To be completely honest, <laughs> to give him ten, I think I think the tight end tags eleven, close to twelve million this year, and give that to Injoku to be a backup tight end just doesn't make. Have, have you guys have you guys seen like the meme? It's like it's like this like really nice car and like a shitty like like house neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like that's like Nick Chubb in the Cleveland <laughs> offense. It's just like terrible <laughs> outside of Nick Chubb. I don't, I've seen hey, a lot of people on Brown's Twitter that are saying that Njoku was like very good for them last year, and he's totally worth the franchise mm-hmm. tag. Uh, he has talent. I think he showed it when he came into the league. It's just ever since like his um, knee injury, he only really showed flashes and not the same consistency. Even like when he did when he first came into the NFL, if he can play like what he's shown in his flashes consistently, I believe it. I think the talent's there. It's just it's like 
he'll have like a game where he looks like amazing. The next game, he has like two catches for eleven yards. So, um, something to keep our eye on because I see Robert Miller in chat saying Solid Carolina was fielding calls for CMC. Not sure what the asking price was. So I think what's interesting about that is yeah, like the the Panthers reportedly looking to potentially trade CMC if the price is right. Uh, we were talking before the pod. Jake was saying that. Uh, apparently, the Giants offered Saquon in a deal for for the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. The Giants offered a, uh, the Giants offered a big package to Seattle for Russ. It included two firsts, one second, two thirds, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that's pretty comparable to what they ended up taking in no offense in those picks from from Denver. But I guess Seattle yeah, really like that package more. So, so what I'm wondering though is. Are we going to see big shakeups in in the running back landscape? Because you know, if the Giants are willing to move Saquon, we have the the Panthers taking calls on CMC. I don't know. I think, yeah, Lewis. Uh, well, I was gonna say two things quick. One, I think with the Giants, I think part of that is maybe Seattle didn't want Russell Wilson still in the NFC. Um, and then two. Uh, McCaffrey, like as good as he, I feel like he's one of those where it's like, if you're Carolina, you're just gonna have to end up holding him. Because what real value are you getting for a running back who's not like, not like in his like first two years, three years or something? He's been injured the past two years. He's making 16 mil per, and like the offer that you're gonna get from other teams, you're gonna view as too low for what you think McCaffrey can do for your offense. So I, I'd be surprised if McCaffrey got traded. I mean, I guess that's similar because I know the Giants were taking offers for Saquon other than trying to put him in this rust package. But I think the best they could could have got from a team was like a fourth round pick was the report. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy to me. And I obviously McCaffrey's price will be higher than that. And teams will give up more than a fourth for McCaffrey. But I, I imagine it's probably in the, the realm of like a second round pick. Well, the, the problem with Saquon is that it's a trade and sign where, you that's know, true. the giants aren't going to sign him if they're trying to trade him. So it's almost like, okay, I'm trading him to get him a year earlier, right? That's yeah. more – because if he's going to hit the open market anyway, you're not giving up first for him. If mm. you know that a year from now he's going to be on the open market. The Caffrey, the deal's already signed. If you're, say, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, the running back market's increased with recent contracts and just the salary cap increasing – that's a little bit of a different story to me. And, and it also just depends on what do the Panthers want to sell them for? Because the, the reports I've been hearing are multiple or are, are first plus. So like, am yeah, I going to so be able to squeak out two seconds or something along the lines of that? Okay. Then yeah, he'd be dealt. But if then the Panthers are like, no, we need like when they say first round pick plus they're thinking like, okay, actual first round pick, not pick 31 type first round pick. So there's so many variables that it's, you don't really know until a deal gets done or a legit report comes out. All right, let's get into the combine. Yeah, so, Frank, what uh, I think could be a helpful thing is, um, do we have on Kent, the RIS website yet, oh, do we have the rookie things? Oh, yeah, oh, I think it would be interesting to pull up their, their numbers if it's on there already. I'm not sure if it is or not. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'll just look them up. So who are we going into? I mean, the quarterbacks. Yeah, let's matter, the, but... Well, let, let's look at the quarterbacks first because we could just talk about them real quick. Um, so it was talked about in chat when we were talking about hands. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to get into why we were. Um, <laughs> can you pick it? Tiny hands. Uh, I don't know. Apparently it's concerning. Um, 
eight and a half inch hands, which would be like the smallest hands out of any starting quarterback. I mean, that's not really the reason that I have an issue with Kenny Pickett. I think it's his lack of production until his fifth year, but I've said that before. Um, he actually tested pretty athletic <laughs> for for a quarterback. Um, yeah, four six seven forty. 33 and a half inch vert um good broad jump uh, i have the relative athletic score apparently it's unofficial but nine two four pretty darn good i i feel like that was with a lot of the quarterbacks is that i mean it seems like the whole fucking combine but a lot of the quarterbacks especially tested very well um ritter tested very well um, ritter ran like a four five i think yeah so he was Ritter's looking fast. pretty good um I mean, Malik Willis just kind of balled out. He didn't test, right? He didn't run, but he, he threw. He didn't run, but yeah, he threw, and he looked – I mean, he had that one bomb he throwing the ball. Yeah. Apparently knocked out the interview. So it seems like the quarterbacks did nothing but potentially help their stock at the combine. Other yeah, than yeah, Carson and, Strong's falling off. I'm I'm kind of with JT on the pick the the hand whatever I end up thinking of uh, pick it come like rookie drafts and everything the hand size isn't going to be like a major thing or really any kind of real impact for me. Uh, more so just his play. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, the, the the we were talking about this before the pod, but the common narrative is that the smaller hands will help you fumble. Like, okay, maybe that plays a little bit of an impact, but what plays more of an impact on fumbling is your awareness and can you get rid of the ball quickly and can you just play quarterback well that's way more impactful to me than the size of the hands when he gets hit like okay yeah you'd like him to have bigger hands but if we're going off of deciding factors i'm gonna go with one that i i think just matters a lot more no completely i mean if you want just evidence daniel jones that's what you need to know in terms of like the hand size correlating the fumbles um, is that pretty much it on the QBs? Because there's a lot uh, other stuff yeah, well, about the combine. How everyone was fucking insanely fast. This is I'm gonna go on like a tiny, tiny mini rant here. Go ahead. I don't go. understand why we're still relying on like people with like uh, clocks <laughs> doing the 40 yard dash and everything. Like you have GPS timing, you can literally cut it down frame by frame and measure Wait. how fast players. Are you are you about to refer to uh, Olave's official or first well, unofficial time compared to what it actually? Was? I just think it's no, what the people that's are just... comfortable with. That's just the way that they've been doing it. That's the way <laughs> that they do things. So it's easy. It's quick. It's just not accurate, though. That's the thing. I, was, I, I agree. I completely agree. I would like probably the computer hire a team to like you know actually break it down frame by frame to give you like the most accurate times. And to be honest, like aren't they doing that with with the players during the games now? Yeah, yeah they have like they oh Jonathan exactly Taylor hit a power. top speed of twenty two miles per hour on this run. Yeah, I think like, I've, really I've heard that. that teams are doing that. Like, yeah, I, I want that well, over that, over the. The stopwatch times, the, oh, wait, he's going across the line now. Like, you're not even at the line. You're, like, up in the bleachers way away just yeah. trying to gauge it. Like, oh, I think it goes there. Bang. Well, well, there's the story about how Cooper Cup – Cooper Cup – um <laughs> Cooper Cup was like pretty slow in the 40 yard dash in his combine. And the Rams were like celebrating that because they knew he would fall down the charts when meanwhile they had him GPS – tested like on the field when he was in college and they knew that he was actually like one of the top 
quickest wide receivers in the draft. So it's like, why? Like, what are we doing? Like, why not just upgrade <laughs> this? So, so where that comes into play though here is with Brees Hall, who ran an unofficial four 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 forty. I don't know what it officially came out to. But then you put side by side with Jonathan Taylor, who also ran about that time, and it's like Jonathan Taylor is clearly ahead of Brees Hall when they do the splits. Like the you can compare these players to players in their draft class, which I saw Lance Irwine saying, who we've talked about before. But if you're comparing them to like previous classes, all these guys are slightly inflated in terms of their, you know, combine times. Yeah, I mean, the one other thing I'll say, um, because, yeah, I was hearing that it was just a fast track that take the times, add like half a second to it. And that's probably a little bit more realistic than previous classes. Um, one thing I will say, and especially out of the big guys, is that the the 40 yard dash training, like I don't really think that's a narrative. I think that's definitely true. I, I look at the 40 yard dashes and I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot better form from the runners. Like I feel like I'm looking at more maybe there's more track players playing football nowadays, but they're definitely the specialized training or whatever the fuck the players are doing is helping out the 40 times from like a form and running perspective. They, they look a lot more natural running these 40s. I can believe that. I, I don't know. It's just, I think we say it every year, too much stock gets put in the 40. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a note. Like, I had one 40 that mattered this year, and that was Garrett Wilson. So the only 40-yard dash I really cared really? about. Yeah, well. I'm surprised well, that that was So here, here's the thing, is that for... Tier one prospects, the cream of the crop, you know, the, the shining gems. If I okay. think that they're that on film, I, I need to see it as well in testing. Because, like, tier one prospects have to check every box, basically. If then you're not uh, a tier one prospect super early first round, I don't care. And that, that's what happened. Garrett Wilson, to me, he weighed in too light. Didn't break the combine record basically to get that speed score high enough. So now I have him as a tier two guy, which is like you bump from a super early first to like a mid early first. Not a That's huge knock, but I mean, for me, the one guy I was kind of most interested to see was uh, Traylon Burks because I kind of feel like I don't know. I feel more comfortable knowing how Wilson's speed will translate rather than Burks. Well, Burks is just way bigger though. He's like yeah. 225 moving. Um, all right. Well, I think the one that mattered to me was Kyron Williams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys, guys. Kyron Williams. Guys. Yeah. yeah. He was supposed this to one, be. This one surprised me. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. When this yeah. number came back, I was, I was, I was, yeah. you know, I felt bad for him because I think his stock has now fallen way down NFL draft boards. Does anyone, I mean, does anyone remember the exact time he had? Um, I no, think it was I in the four sevens. It was four sevens. Something. Yeah, Joe Herbert just said ten yard split is tied to NFL success more than forty. I completely no, agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm pulling up. I have his relative four six five here. Four six five. Thirty two inch vert. Oh, that's average broad. I mean, he weighed in light, which is unfortunate at one ninety four. <laughs> like, yikes. He got he got a relative athletic score of a one point seven five. Yeah, not what you want to see. Um, With some respect, it was one point seven six. Uh, I was joking around with JT. I was asshole. saying that my my early fourth slash late third in the rookie draft might have actually been too high on him. 
I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we I thought we were, you know, maybe a little too far from consensus and our hate's not the right word, Ooh. but our, our fading of Kyron Williams, but then like Frank was more extreme than me, but at this point, I don't know where he's going. Yeah, I was I was high on Kyron Williams. I was probably the Kyron Williams, you know, fan of the group and yeah. To see that number and all the other <laughs> tests come back as as they did, I thought he looked a lot better on film than he tested, which is oh, I forgot, guys. I'm so sorry, but this is completely separate. My boy Seth Williams is going to eat in Denver with Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I hope he does. I, right. I meant to. I meant to lead the I, show off with that. I, I meant to lead the show off with that, and I forgot. Oh my god! <laughs> Big miss by me. I'm saving I'm saving Jake uh from his his sad Kyron Williams takes now because it's looking like yeah. he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a later round pick like, in the NFL draft at this point if he's he's, he, he's like the Seth Williams of running backs. Uh, so moving on, um I guess another underwhelming player that came out of the combine was David Bell. He just wasn't yeah athletic uh people are people are comping him now to like uh keenan allen and deandre hopkins because they also were not athletic although it was rumored that keenan allen was hurt during his his combine uh to me i just think it's like i didn't expect him to be crazy athletic and i'm really not pushing off david bell he's just now he's clearly my fourth receiver which i think is much different than most people, I think most people have now slotted him down. Well, who's your third now? Uh, so my, my top four is Burks, London, Wilson, Bell. Are my top four. Oh, you had Bell ahead of Wilson. Oh, my. I completely forgot. No, no. I, I had him, I think, fourth. But I had him, you know, like he could have tossed it up there. Now it's just he's very clearly – it's a very clearly top – I think everyone in the top four has now separated themselves – for me, and now I have a clear well, one, two, three, four. Well, 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 well. <laughs> well, 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 to me, to me, hold on, let me finish about David Bell first, and then we'll get into, I think you're going to talk about Drake London. Um, no, I was going to talk about George Pickens. Oh, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, all right, so, so David Bell, like, he came in, like, he's actually, like, good size to me. He's over six feet, he's 212, like, that's, that's good size, it's just, he ran a four six five forty, which not what you want to see for a wide receiver. Um, his shuttle and three cone also weren't great. I just think as long as he still goes in the top three rounds, his production in college, I'm I'm still taking him. If it's bottom high. of the third, yeah, that's, you're starting to lose me. But like like if it's beginning of the third, you can sell me on that. But if he goes, if, in if he third, if he's yeah, if he's in the fourth round and stuff, I'm writing him off. But yeah, Jay, Jake's boy George Pickens. Did something yeah. entirely different where he separated himself in a good way. Yeah, George Pickens actually had a fantastic combine from my perspective. I, 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 he ran, you know, a high four or low four fives, which is great for a guy that's six three over two ten. I think he measured, I think he weighed in at. Um, so overall, I think it was big for him to show teams that he's one, he's healthy, and he's back to being, you know, ready to play football. Obviously, he played in the national championship game, but he didn't play the rest of the season. 
Um, and on top of that, he's showing people that even at his size, he is a very athletic man and a very good football player that I think is going to get probably second round draft capital at this point. I think he's creeping up on that first round of the, the uh, rookie drafts here. Yeah, that, that's going to no be the interesting thing there, for me is, is he going to creep into the first round? I've seen a mocks where he's going mid first. I've seen mocks where he's going way down. So moving I, down. I don't know. Yeah, what's How's moving, moving down, down at this point? Dude, he's just not, I'm just saying he's all over the place in mocks that I've seen. He is. Uh, I mean, he's not first round every mock. I mean, my, no, no, no. What is it? I, I don't think necessarily the combine moved him down. I think Frank just means like there's like a wide range of how people are ranking picks. Yeah, no, no, no. The combine didn't move him down. My concern yeah, with yeah. Pickens is the same solo where it's like I, I brought it up when we were watching the film with him. It's just he catches the ball and then he doesn't really seem to do much with it. Like, like he's able to get nice contested catches and everything, but you're never really seeing him get those yards after the catch. Uh, which I'd really want to see from a receiver if I'm taking him that high. Uh, but once, even with David Bell, there starts to get question marks. I think after those top three of London, Burks, Wilson for me, I start to question more and more about these players and feel definitely worse than I would about like the fourth or fifth receiver in the previous few classes. Um I don't know. I don't know. To me, yeah. I think having Pickens as a wide receiver four, if you can get him at that point, um, in, in I think you almost definitely eight. can. Like, I don't think anyone's taking yeah. him over Wilson, London, or Burks, even though Wilson seemed to be a little undersized. No, there's no way he's going to get drafted ahead yeah. of those three. I mean, I think there's. I think obviously it'll happen in some rookie drafts. I don't think it'll be the consensus by any stretch of the, the imagination, but I do think. Pickens is a guy that's, you know, because of his build and because of the way he tested and, you know, even just he's had a lot of hype on him from high school. He was a five-star recruit, you know, went to Georgia, big time, you know, big name going to Georgia, big name at Georgia. And now he's testing well at the combine. And I think there's there's some people that in some drafts will take him over those guys. I don't like I said, I don't think it'll be consensus, but I don't think it's necessarily the wrong move. Okay, I well, really like. Where would you have George Pickens in relation to like Rashad Bateman, Chase Claypool, Amari Cooper, and um and Mike Williams, like that that tier of receivers? Out? No, right now. In oh, Dynasty. right now. I I have Pickens over those guys. I you think have Pickens. Pickens the, so yeah, then wait, you're wait, Pickens, definitely I, I, thinking he's a first round Pickens, player. I think Pickens is the real deal. I think as long as he gets. Round two draft capital in the NFL, it's he's going to be a, a stud in the uh, NFL. And I think, I think what, what point, were the I, first two receivers you named again? It was Claypool. Bateman, and Claypool. I I could see Pickens over Pickens and Bateman is close. I'm taking Claypool over both of them though. I think I think the only reason you see Pickens fall out of the first couple of rounds is concerns about health or something. Like I don't I think he's kind of a lock at this point to be top two rounds. Um Right, so that's why I think he, I like him a lot. I think he's going to start moving up draft boards, and I think you're going to have to see the ADP on him pretty go pretty high. I think he's going to his ADPs end up going to be probably around 10, 108, 109 up in there, in in and potentially even higher in one QB leagues. All right, let's move on then to someone who I'd say is probably going to be one of the more controversial players in this draft, and it's Isaiah Spiller. People have him. All over the board. Um, Frank's got him 
relatively low. I have them. I think Lunas has them higher than me if we're talking in terms of the podcast group where we have Isaiah Taylor. Yeah. I'm pulling up his his rankings on keep trade cut because we already have Brees Hall's running back six on keep trade cut. That's uh, absurd. And then the next it makes it back- makes the it makes the trade I I brought up. Uh, so pretty much to people watching, there was a league I was in where there was a trade for it. It was Nick Chubb and one twelve for Brees Hall to give you guys an idea of what his perceived value is already at. And keep Trey Cut already has him RB six, um, which I just kind of found crazy that like he's already like people are like okay. Dude, Joe Her- like, Joe Herbert saying some interesting stuff here. Um, Burks had awful combine outside of his forty. Three cone vertical broad jump were all really bad. Only about five percent of receivers his size are successful with it with those combine mm, numbers. Um, I'm questioning those stats because if we're talking his size, like are we grouping AJ Brown, DK Metcalf in there? Like, and are you considering draft capital? Because Traylon Burks is going to be a first round pick. Yeah, at that size. So now his comps, probably... So now you limit his comps to Nikhil Harry, which obviously isn't great. But then it's like uh, AJ Brown, AJ. DK Metcalf, uh, Julio Jones. I think would be considered AJ AJ Green. AJ Green. And at that point, I find that hard to believe that that only five percent draft capital cannot be considered in that. Because if we're talking draft capital, like. I forget what it is. How, whatever percent of sure, I'm sure there's in the first round. I'm sure there's a ton of wide receivers that are you know six three, two hundred, ten pounds that went in the sixth round that ran a decent forty. Yeah, yeah, stuff. I'm coming up my voice out. Callum Skull Dynasty said he'd have Bateman over all those receivers. <clears throat> Bateman or Pickens? That's an like, honest. You, that's a good Bateman. debate to me. I think Bateman is the Bateman's definitely the consensus Bateman answer. Bateman Pickens. That's tough. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's Bateman a tough choice. I take a lot more of a boat. That's just a different conversation. I'm taking Jalen Waddle overall. Well, no, no, no. I'm gonna take Jamar Chase over anybody. Well, no, because no, he was a difference. It was Waddle was like a late first. Uh, to most people, and then it was like the battle between Elijah Moore and Bateman for like, oh, who's that top second round receiver? Okay, I see what you're talking about. I just, yeah, that 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 all goes back to what I was saying earlier, though. I feel way more comfortable about the previous years. Uh, oh, for know, sure. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, I think last year was a little range. different because there was like a consensus eleven players that was like, you knew yeah. those play- eleven players were going. It was just depending on the order. Yeah, and you would have some. I mean, there was a lot of like, okay, just kind of pick your poison type of things. Like, I mean, there were drafts where Najee Harris would go like number two, and then there were drafts where he would go seventh in Seven, Superflex, yeah. right? Like, so it was just crazy. This draft, I think, is is a little bit different in that the beginning, you know, okay, top four or five, we kind of know, and then the back end, it's like, well, fucking Fugazi, Fugazi, you know. We've seen a lot of Fugazi, Fugazi this, this past few days with the cap rearranging for everyone <laughs> interested to see where it lands all right other combine stuff apparently isaiah spiller was underwhelming in drills i didn't see the the drills that he participated in um, I, think I don't really care about eight. drills for running backs but you're yeah, also not going to find much spiller love from me <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it's really tough to, to to really gauge these drills that the running backs did. They're running routes against nobody. They're running, you know, they're not doing anything. They're doing the classic air handoff. Great. Yeah, next. like juking out some pads. <laughs> like, yeah, like no, that does uh, real quick, there was a report that uh, his agent apparently said that he was doing some of the workouts through an injury. He's supposed yeah, to be doing That's what everyone says too. when they have a bad combine. So. I mean, to be honest, though, but if he was going to run like a 4-5-5 five, five on a fast track, like that was a super smart move. Because, I mean, we saw... Yeah. Like, to be honest, Kyron Williams, it, it was the other parts of his workout that the 40 time that kind of concerned me more. But that 4-6-5 was like... Because everyone's adding like half a second, all of a sudden that looks horrible, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. well, that was bad. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, Spiller apparently, according to Texas A&M, can run a four four nine. We'll see if that's the case. I'm sure there'll be well, a small mini pro day boost in the time, but there, there's plays like, like there's we have um documented plays, Bruce. Matson tweeted out uh, at Metric Scout, a player of Isaiah Spiller uh, running against Arkansas where he GPS was tracked at 21 miles per hour, which that's fast. They, like, I don't care what the combine is, game speed, 21 miles per hour. Like, that's Who's that for you said? Back. Isaiah Spiller against Isaiah Arkansas. Spiller. Yeah, I think he's yeah. fast enough. Like, I think his speed is, fat, is fine. Yeah, I don't have any issues at that point. Um, yeah, either. Christian Watson... Crazy he tested day, off the charts. I did not expect that at all. I know he looked great at the, the senior bowl and stuff, and people were hyping him up, but I did not expect those stats to be that good. Yeah, he's um, been doing nothing but raise his stock this offseason. Yeah, I, I'm so mixed on him because he actually, like, I, I get so skeptical when we have players come out of nowhere. Like, he was with um, Trey Lance at North Dakota. Um, Crazy athletic testing at the combine. Uh, was actually super productive when he was uh, with North Dakota. It was crazy after the catch. Um, but it is like you know he went to North Dakota, so you got the questions there. It's looking like he's getting early round two draft capital right now. Is what he's getting mocked around. I, In the I NFL know. draft, or yeah, I know that's NFL, where... NFL. Okay, because he's also going. I saw like he's going early second. It seems like in Superflex rookie I think he mocks. Goes, he goes moon if he gets drafted to the 49ers and paired back with Trey Lance. I think. I mean, I think no, he I, goes I was very early second. Taking. Do you, do you want to talk about freshman? Can you imagine being an Ayuk owner over like the whole past year? You finally <laughs> get to start to see like some production at the end of the season. You know, Debo's role is solidified. So Debo, people have Debo don't need to worry about that. He is the offense, but. Then, I mean, like, dude, just... are the 49ers really going to draft a receiver? I mean, who would have thought the Cowboys were going to draft C.D. Lamb when they did? Amari Cooper and Gallup had just both had 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, I, I just think that they... I don't know, it just feels weird to me. I feel like there's other areas that they could address that the Cowboys make sense. The yeah. Worst yeah, but you can argue that C.D. Lamb at 17 was easily the best player on the board. I mean, he was a guy that a lot of people had over Judy, who went like five picks before. That's fair on value, yeah. but they did end up having like worse historical defense, uh, past defense. You know, no one, no one's saying that Christian Watson at the early second is like the biggest steal of all time as of right now. <laughs> I that's fair. I'm so split. Like I. I'm trying not to buy into it, but I think I, I like Watson a decent amount. Now, if we're taking him in the top 
four wide receivers. Well, that's where I draft capital is going to be so telling for me with him. But the thing is that I think even if he goes early second, okay, maybe that bumps him up around to like 112. But I think for the most part, you're going to be, he's going to be in that range. Um, as of right now, I think draft capital could hurt him more than help him. Um, but if he goes in the first round, that's different. But to me, I think mm-hmm. he's kind of locked into that late first, early second. There's really nothing he can do to jump. I, I think the the top four because I'm gonna There's I'm gonna say four. that Jameson yeah. Williams is gonna go above him, yeah. and then he's gonna be in that mix with Jahan Dotson, with Olave, who those guys have a good chance of having better draft capital than him. Maybe not crazy, but like they might be in the Olave first or right around the early second with him if he's going early second. So you have to make that decision, like okay, against the quarterbacks. Um, and then like the those other receivers around him, uh, and then like a Rashad White, I guess, is the other running back around around him right now. But I don't think he's gonna like how much farther up can he go? He went from third round to early second, and now he's gonna go from early second to mid first if he's an early second round pick. No, I, uh, I, I was about to ask you guys as of right now um, how you felt between him and Dotson because that was really gonna be the give person. me Dotson. Yeah, here at Dodson. I want Christian Watson. I, I, I think like Jahan. How tall, how listen, tall is I've Christian been, Watson again? Isn't he like six five? Yeah, the thing is, six, is that five. dude Dotson to me is just a really solid receiver. He is great pedigree. To me, obviously Christian Watson checks a lot of boxes, but outside of the physical profile, I I think that Jahan Dotson is a much stronger receiver oh. prospect than he's getting credit for. Real quick, yeah. Skull Dynasty. I was with, just about to with bring one up. of the worst disses you could say on this podcast, calling <laughs> calling him Denzel Mims. I have been well, seeing that because yeah, I've a seen it too. Similar rise. I don't like I, the comp though. I I think it's I like fair Christian in terms Watson of what like, like Mims coming out. I think it's fair in terms of like oh he's like super athletic and he's gonna go higher than people thought. I just think. When you get to that range of wide receivers, I think all of them like scare me. Like I really like Justin Ross, but he's got his medical issues and everything. I don't really like Olave. I don't really like Dotson. Like all these receivers have big question marks in that range. So Sky Moore. I kind of well Sky Moore is one of my favorite ones. Do we want to move to Sky Moore? Because I also he's he's in that similar range of receivers. I've been trying to limit myself into buying into Christian Watson and. I've been limiting myself buying into Christian Watson. I'm I'm so in on Sky Moore at this point. Oh, I love Sky Moore. I, I love Sky Moore. <laughs> um, I I would take Sky Moore over Christian Watson. I think he's that's fair. He might be a top six. He I think when I put I sent you guys my rankings earlier. I think he's like my sixth wide receiver. Yeah, how, how I'm feeling more and more about Sky Moore is kind of similar to how I was seeing a lot when I started really watching Elijah Moore's film over the past year and everything. Like how I was just see he had every corner fucking like just on like their back heels praying to keep up with them off the line. Uh, I think Elijah Moore was a little bit better than it than Sky Moore, but Sky Moore's as good as anyone in this draft that it besides maybe See, Wilson. I I agree with that. I think the reason Elijah Moore was better though is that I think that Elijah Moore at the top of his routes had better separation than Sky Moore. I agree with the top of the routes. I more mean like off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, all, like I mean, dude, you can just see highlights of Sky Moore. We showed yeah. one against Pittsburgh where he's putting people on the ground with his releases. On those RPO glances, he was nasty. I like Sky Moore a lot too. I was just hoping that his ADP would stay more towards the back of the second, so I could nab yeah, Dotson in the middle of the point. second, then the back, 
turn around and get Sky more too. You might be able to get Dotson at the back of the second at this point, though. Listen, if we could swap those two, I'm down. But those are two guys that <laughs> but then, I've but been then, targeting in the second round. I was going to say, what if Dotson ends up like kind of like this year's Tony? Because everyone, a lot of mock draft people have Dotson going late first in actual NFL draft. And then if he just, I'll take it. If he's, if he's going in the middle of the second, I like it a lot. Uh, but yes, yeah, Sky Moore tested well. He's been getting a lot of hype. We'll see if that holds. Um, he's someone that definitely has room to to move up on on rookie draft boards. If he goes like early yeah. second to a team, because I Sky Moore, from an NFL perspective, which this will drive up his rookie if he gets his draft capital, is that type of receiver where come that early middle part of the second round, like pick forty to forty five. Let's say you're a team like the Jets. And you have those two early first round picks and you decide or, or the Falcons who have those two seconds. We're not going to take a receiver at that top part of the draft. We'll let someone else take it. And then we come around the second. We don't need a number one. We have our guy, right? The Jets have some receivers. The, the, the Falcons have a Kyle Pitts. We just need a number two, right? A, a dude who can play on the outside and in the slot. Who, who can be that, that's why I kind of copped him to a smaller Adam Thielen. He's not going to necessarily wow the shit out of you, but he could be a really consistent receiver who's kind of good underneath in the red zone, but not the biggest and greatest vertical threat. Sky Moore and Kyle Pitts in the same offense would be so much fun. Yeah, it'd be nice, dude. That'd be I, nice. I but, that'd be a um, very nice offense. Is he good after the catch, Sky Moore? I didn't see yes. anything on film. Um, he's, no, he is. He's all right. He's, okay. good he's not Traylon Burks, but he's he's good. Yeah, good I was just for, wondering for, what the for his size, said. he's insanely good after the catch when you um, try and considering he's five ten. Because but I thought yeah, he was Traylon decent is... after the catch, but I don't think he's necessarily like it. Because I, I that's what everyone's assuming that Arthur Smith, aka Fat Nicholas Cage, is going to want to do with that offense is kind of recreate. <laughs> he is that. Uh, I, th- I think he's good after the catch. He, he's comparable to the likes of uh, Rashad Bateman. Jahan Dotson, uh, a little better than Ross, a little worse than DJ Moore. Is about... talking about his measurable? Okay, so he's pretty his good. DJ Moore yeah. was a big yak, yak guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last guy, Alec Pierce tested very well, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Definitely turned some heads. I saw a small – there's like a small little niche community of people who are really banging the Alex Pierce drum. And um, I'm hopping I mean, on the bandwagon. Official. Are you really? Where, where saw, are you taking him at? Where, I saw someone put him in their tier one wide receivers. Okay. Like whoa. Oh, whoa. Okay. whoa. Maybe, maybe I'm not on the bad wagon. <laughs> <laughs> where, where would you want to land him in rookie drafts, Linus? Um, um, okay. So, obviously, um, hold on, I'm pulling some up. Draft capital is going to uh, be a huge part of this. But I had always liked what I, because I noticed him a lot when I was watching uh, Ritter at Cincy. Um, he would always just stick out. Uh, he has the size you're looking for for a typical outside, like number one receiver. And I've seen the thing that kind of made me more of a believer after his test time. I started looking at where uh, NFL insiders kind of have him going draft and everything. And people are saying he's like a near lock to be a day two, a day two pick, and possibly in like that end of second, early third range in the NFL draft. Which if he does, I think. He falls into like that mid-second rookie draft conversation. 
And maybe that's kind of a bullshit hopping on the bad wagon because it's not tier one. I didn't think people were being that high. No, on it. dude, that's like one guy that's got him tier one. Okay, okay. I was gonna say yeah, like, that's, that's 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 absolutely his, insane. Yeah, mocked to the mid second. Um, yeah. he's got similar concerns in uh with Pickens though in terms of yards after the catch. He's not great after the catch. Yeah, he's he's a little interesting. I, I watched Jer- Jerome Ford this week, so I was watching some of the Cincinnati mm-hmm. offense, and um, Cincinnati offense was like a little college-y. I mean, obviously the RPOs are really taken into the NFL, but it, I, I just don't think you're going to be able to use him in the exact same role that Cincinnati used him in at, at the NFL, but he is an interesting dude. I just think that the price is going to be a little bit too expensive for me right now. Did you see um in his uh at the RAS athletic score from 1987 he's in the top 100 out of all receivers which is over 2500 I think it's like 90 something out of 2500 of all athletic scores that have been recorded for receivers Yeah which but... is stupid high it was like 9.6 or something I agree with whatever Frank's about to say The the one <laughs> thing that concerns me about that though is like if you're a super beast athlete like why aren't you going in the first round I mean, if he goes, if he goes like, in the sec, if he goes in the second round, I'm, I'm still, I'd be pretty satisfied with that. If he doesn't go second round, I'm concerned. But if he goes second round, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, no one's ever. Th- I mean, I, there probably are people who thought of that, but I feel like it doesn't get I mean, mentioned a lot. You know, like I guess that's the same same argument you can use against DK Metcalf. Yeah. True. Yeah. I, that was that. That was the period of time where people but, were real three cone truth. Yeah. If you remember, <laughs> well, that was like, yeah. Joe, Joe Herbert. The three cone was in, uh, everything. Burks is three cone earlier and said it was awful. But Traylon Burks had a better than DK. <laughs> um, that is wait. Joe Herbert did say Sky Moore does have huge hands. I remember I saw that. He's got yeah. like ten and a half inch claws <laughs> out there. Well, apparently. did you see, see Traylon Burks said he wore, wore like. 4XL gloves and then like his hand size absolutely wasn't absurd. <laughs> his hand size was like a little above average, but it was not 4XL glove hand size. Um, I that's just a, a random observation. I just think Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce, when we're talking about you know that second, maybe even early third round dynasty draft, superflex dynasty draft, it's very much going to be a round of get your guys. That's all that round is going to be. Yeah. There are going to be the Franks of the world who like Dotson. Going to be the, the Watson truthers, Alec Pierce, Olave, Jake's picking. Well, Pickens might be a first rounder at this point. But there's so many of these wide receivers that, like, there's going to be factions, just factions of people and all the little clans running around being like, John uh, Dotson, wide receiver four, blah, blah, blah. I, I think it, it's going to be a funny second round. I think you could. I think you could make a lot of value if you just move around the second round. If you kind of understand your league mates, up or down. That's yeah, a thousand percent true. Especially this draft, knowing who people ahead of you in the next maybe like five, six picks ahead of you who they like, because it's really going to be a preference thing at that point. Once you get to yeah. like that mid-second round range. All right. Are we good to get to our last segment? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, breaking down prospects. Do we want to kick it off with Zamir White or Jerome Yeah, that's Ford? that's the interesting one. Should we go with Zamir White or Jerome Ford? I, I have very different these guys. So. I have different opinions on either of them. Jake, how about you take it? Who do you want to talk about? Uh, let's let's take Zamir White, I guess. All right. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I think he's a guy here that kind of 
obviously Georgia's a very good running football team and they use them a lot. And but I think people get lost in the fact that like they also had um what's the other Georgia running back? They had James Cook and who actually looked pretty good himself at the combine. Um they had a and another running back at Georgia. They they used a, a variety of running backs and I think people forget how good this Georgia you know running offense was and they oh, tend to yeah, I mean, that's what they're going to say. They're going to say it was the O-line, but then you look back and you see Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, they all had the same thing, and they all transitioned very well to the NFL, and I think Zamir White's going to be another one of those guys that's, you know, maybe not as good as Nick Chubb, but I think he could definitely be a similar type of guy to Sony Michelle here and, and just fit an offense very nice, and I don't know if he'll ever be a superstar in fantasy, but I do think he's a guy that's going to carve out a nice role in the backfield for sure. Yeah, my... My analysis on Zamir White, I, I kind of felt like, okay, I see the upside, right? This guy's a phenomenal athlete, five-star prospect, you know, one of the top running back prospects. Um, and he has a lot of tools for a running back. But at the same time, there are a couple flaws that I just really don't like from a fantasy perspective. The first is that I watched three games. He didn't catch a single football. He didn't catch one. He was thrown to once and he dropped it, right? Like he's going to offer you essentially nothing in the passing game, right? And he's not comfortable catching the football either. So I don't know why an NFL team would want to come in there. But at the same time, for his role of being a primarily, hey, we're going to take this guy and shove it up the gut. Inside zone, power, gap runs up the middle. I mean, he's good at that, right? He has really good pad level. He, he can get skinny through the hole there. And that's what they that's what he did at Georgia. 15 times, 13 times, 14 times a game, they're saying, okay, we need to run the ball up the middle and establish the run. He's that kind of guy. And he's super athletic. So, like, if he gets a crease, he can take it to the house. But how, how does that translate to fantasy, right? Like, what, what, what is his role going to be? What is the situation going to be? Because I can see him going into the NFL and a team really liking his skill set and almost being like a Damian Harris, right? Where he's going to get a good amount of touchdowns. He's going to get that 15 touches and that's all he needs to be your RB2. And what, you pick him up yeah. late second, maybe third round of the rookie draft, probably late second, um, second. mid second. That's a good pick. That's a fine pick. He doesn't have the upside of the RB1, but he's a, he's a good player. But I could also see like, him kind of being like a Malcolm Brown, I guess. The where... thing, the thing that people have combated the, the what you mentioned because he didn't do much receiving work with him, like being able to stay on the field more. Uh, the argument, the common argument I've seen back, and I haven't watched enough of uh, his pass protection to be able to confirm this myself. I'm just seeing what I've seen being the retort is that he's an extremely good pass running uh, running back. I haven't Wait, watched too much White? of. His... See, I don't agree with that. I think that he's like very meh. I saw, I'm like, just saying what I've seen is the common view. I haven't watched his pass protection. So the so interesting thing, first off, I'm never really going to make pass pro my make or break on a on a on a running back because I think that's a one thing you could definitely improve in, and mm -hmm. B, it's like I'd rather him just be a good receiver and then them throw him the fucking ball. Like I ain't getting points for blocking, so him being yeah. a good pass pro doesn't do much for me. Um, All right, I think. So, so he was rumored to have been coming out last year. Like, there were still talks about Zemir yeah. White coming out last year. Then he had his um, knee injury, and he decided to stay back here. 
last year I had him as like I think either running back four or five. I forget where but it was one of the two. So you would think I'd probably drop him down for staying a year, but it's just been a war of attrition at this point <laughs> with all the other running backs. And so I think I agree with Joe Herbert, and I also have him as my running back four, but like it is a very clear gap from running back three to four for me, where Kenneth Walker, some people have Isaiah Spiller, whatever. But I, I think those guys are very clearly solidified first-rounders. Zamir White I'm not taking until probably the, the near middle of the second round, depending on where he, he gets drafted, like what round I'm talking about, not exactly uh, what place, um, what team. I, I could move him up a little bit, but I, it's hard for me to justify him anything more than like an early second. Um so I have him as running back four, pretty close with Brian Robinson. Um, I have him as my RB5 behind both Isaiah Spiller and Brian Robinson. I think if, once again, this is just all speculation, but I think he goes like middle to like middle late third. He has some upside yeah. to go earlier because of his athletics. Where do you think he goes in a rookie draft if he gets that kind of draft capital and say he gets the most average situation you can get. Honestly, I mean, I think at that, I was thinking more mid-second. So after that, the, you know, on, yeah. I mean, I think what's going to happen is what we, we've seen the past few years is right after the first round, there's that set of that run at wide receiver from like 201 to like 204 of those guys that are like close to first round picks, not quite there. And those guys go immediately off the board in, in the second round. And then you get the rest. And I think, Zamir White is one of these guys. Brian Robinson's another. I know you've been mentioning him. That is the best of the rest, and he, they're going yeah. to get that middle of that second round rookie draft capital here. Yeah. So the one other thing that I don't like about Zamir White, and this is a little nitpicky because I mean, he, the three games I watched was Florida, Alabama, and um, and Clemson, which are all three really fucking good defenses. That force missed tackle rate, I would have liked to have been a little higher at 0.28, 28% of his carries. And it's not just the number that I'm concerned about. It was almost the way he did it. I thought that he, like, when he was getting going downhill and he, and he had a little bit of momentum worked up or it was contact in the backfield, you know, one of his offensive linemen got blown up or someone would just be free. I thought he was fine and he could make guys miss. But at the second level, I would have liked to see him deal with, with secondary and second-level players a little bit better, given his athletic ability. Uh, you just expect it a little bit more. But I'm not going to necessarily kill him for that. I just don't think that he's going to be going late enough for me to pull the trigger on him in a lot of drafts, unless I think that he's going to go in a landing spot, that he's getting that consistent amount of workload probably like a, a not necessarily gap heavy but i want him to be in that role where they're saying hey we're just going to run you up the gut um and our runs are designed here to get four or five yards have you one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker and see if you can make a miss um if he gets like 15 14 of those types of carries i, I think that i can get into him but I think the problem is that I just like Brian Robinson a little bit more. I think Brian Robinson offers you a little bit more. And to me, Isaiah Spiller is kind of in that category of running backs, but he's going way earlier. So, 
I kind of lean agreeing with you. It's like, I, I don't dislike him at all. I think he can be a pretty good running back, but I can just kind of already tell by like the perception of him that I've seen online everywhere that he's going to go earlier than what I'd want to draft him. So at that point, I would just let someone else take him. Yeah, I mean, his. I'm just going through the last bit of my notes here. Really good pad level. Um, back to his pass pro, I guess. The, I think the problem with his pass pro, he can, like, take on linebackers, and he can hit people. Like, it's not that yeah. he's not physical enough. I just think that his lateral movement is pretty dog shit. And especially when you get to these NFL linebackers and D linemen, they're just so ridiculously bendy that that's where he's really going to struggle to me. Hmm. Um, and he, he's a leaner on his pass blocking. Um, yeah, good. The scheme and the workload and his job wasn't really like a, a role where he had a ton of pressure put on him in that, in that Georgia run game is it's not like he was asked to go out there and be like the next Adrian Peterson or anything. Um, there was a lot of big ass holes and whatnot. It's a good Georgia run blocking offensive line. Um, yeah, I think that that's really it. Anything else to add on Mr. White? Uh, nothing from me. So why don't we move on to the other prospect that we're breaking down today, Jerome Ford. All right, I'm going to take this one here, Jake. And this might be another one of the close your ears is because you were saying earlier that you like Jerome Ford. I am starting yeah, I to like don't what you're, I'm liking I what you're saying. Like a... Oh, man, are you going to shit on him? I'm liking well, my friend. A little bit. So yeah, I'm going to shut him a little bit. I just, to me, this is a guy that I think that there's a, he's like Jake Funk last year. What, is he going to go seventh Whoa. round undrafted? <laughs> cool. I really round. don't see a world where he's going anywhere around day two, which is like where, where ideally you, the latest you want your running backs to go or like early day three. I think that he's got a better chance of going undrafted than going there. I think the, the pros, let's get into the pros, right? Good athlete. There, there's been no confirmed concerns from me there. but And I wish I coined this, but this is from Lance Zerline's scouting report that I read after I made mine, was um, he's a better athlete than he is running back. And that is entirely Oof. true. He's just a better athlete than running back. He was not asked to do really anything difficult in that Cincinnati scheme. They basically put all the pressure of the decisions of their offense on Desmond Ritter. Because, yeah. they, I mean, they're just – the run scheme was super simple, right? All the runs, he was generally getting favorable leverage because they're doing an RPO or some sort of zone read with Ritter. And so when he gets the football, it's like, okay, it's either a third or fourth and short or some sort of gimmicky thing to where we can get a numbers advantage, which, like – isn't the worst, but then we get into the other stuff where it's like, okay, well, he's easily got the lowest force miss tackle rate of any of the running backs this year at 13%, which is just too low. Um, his vision is like, okay, it's nothing terrible, but there's a couple plays where you have your head scratch in a little bit. He doesn't have a tackle evading move that I think he can rely on. Like he's, he can hit people and he can get yards after contact that way. But he doesn't make defenders miss on any level of the field, really. And then the real kicker to compound that is that I think he really struggles with interior pressure or free rushers on these runs. So it's like I have a runner that is really raw. His cutting is clunky, especially compared to how well he timed. Okay, like 
where where does this come to fantasy? How the hell does he even get on the field? Like, okay, he I think he's going to go into the league. Let's say he gets drafted round seven. He's going to be like the third running back on the depth chart. I probably need someone to get hurt or some really good development as a runner for Jerome Ford. I just I, I don't I don't really see it. And right now, I think he's going way too early in rookie mocks. Where is he going right now in rookie mocks around? I think in the third round, I've seen him go, generally. If it's late third, I don't hate it, but I'm probably not taking him in the early third. I'm I'm with you. I'm not. I know I know numbers wise, he was productive in Cincinnati, but um, I think that was just more a result of the entire offense. Actually, no, I'm gonna I'm not Jake because I know Jake actually liked him, so I want I want some contrast. Here. I mean. Yeah, I liked watching Cincinnati games. I'm a, I like watching Desmond Ritter and, and, Alec Pier- and Alec Pierce. That offense as a whole was fun, and I liked watching him in partake in the offense. But I think Frank makes a lot of good points. And when I said I liked him, I liked him as a player. I don't really think necessarily he translates to an NFL running back as well. I think Frank covered a lot of what we what, what I was going to say, so I'm not going to you know double back on it. But I just think you know I think he's probably better, slightly better. I think. Than you think, Frank. I think he's probably going to, and I think he's still a day three pick, but I do think he gets drafted. I, I think best case scenario is a fourth round pick for him. Um, best case scenario. Um, is he in your so, top 10 running backs in this class? So probably maybe not. The back, <laughs> maybe the maybe like I'll running say back maybe. Eaters, yeah, you like might catch him on the back nine. You know. Yeah, <laughs> nine or ten maybe. I think he is. He like might catch back nine or ten for me. Yeah, yeah he'd probably catch, be nine yeah, or ten. Yeah, 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 you catch him on the back. You know, it's whatever. At that point, like take a four, you know, if he's going to be a fourth round NFL pick, he's not going to be earlier than like a fourth round, or a third round pick. At that point, it a lot of guys are dart throws. I don't hate it. I, I'd rather go other <laughs> other directions. Um, but if you know you're talking a fourth or fifth round rookie draft pick, I, I don't I don't think it's a horrible idea. Well, but high draft capital, no. Frank, I think you kind of went easy on Jerome Ford in terms of like you destroyed Tyler Outgear <laughs> and Kyron Williams. Yeah, well, <laughs> those guys were getting like, mocked way. I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a seventh round pick. It's not like I'm was, saying it's all sunshine and roses out he was, here. He like, sold yeah. to be the best running back prospect <laughs> of all time. Yeah, but you got you got Jerome Ford <laughs> below both these guys. Yeah, oh yeah, but like yeah, well like we're we're comparing them to where like the yeah okay yeah that's, that's that's fair that's fair. That's, um, that's that's me with Kadarius Tony I wouldn't have like if we're talking you know, Kadarius the, Tony in the third round the one thing that I have <laughs> going for Jerome Ford though that is really interesting and NFL teams will like this a lot is that he did play very well against Alabama I actually thought that that was his best yeah. game that I watched of him was against Revenge Alabama game, baby and um. You know, the thing I liked about him in that game was that even though he showed a lot of the stuff that I mentioned in terms of what he struggled with, you know, he did a good job reading the plays. And it's not like there was massive holes left, right, and center against that Alabama front. That's a good Alabama defense. And he was able to show that pop that he has on his hits against Alabama's, like, linebackers and secondary players, right? He was consistently getting those yards after contact falling forward, driving his legs that you saw against the the weaker competition and like the two lanes and whatnot. So seeing that that element of his game translated to, to the biggest stage against the best opponents 
was definitely something that was good. And that's why I think like he could get drafted in the sixth or seventh round because of a game like that. I think that that might get him high enough on the board, you know, and the physical tool set to get him on a team after the draft and not be an undrafted free agent. But I'm not going to be targeting this guy in my rookie drafts and for my dynasty teams. Uh, I think if you're talking like just in terms of the player, like uh, he's what two fifteen, and he ran like a four five five forty. I'll pull up his relative athletic score real quick. Um, yeah. I think that alone probably gets him drafted. If that's if what I just said was accurate. Um, yeah, hold on. He is he's five ten, uh, two hundred ten pounds. So two hundred ten is a nice size, like a, a, a average size, but also ran a. This says four four six. I don't know how true. Yeah, I'm seeing four four six here. Okay. Five ten, two ten, thirty one inch vert. Um nice. or thirty one inch yeah, thirty one inch vert, nine foot, ten inch broad jump. Nice size and fast to me means you're probably uh, not much else behind. Where did you. um six or seven? Where did Jarrett Patterson get drafted? He did surprise me though. But Jarrett Patterson's also smaller. Yeah, that's why Jared Patterson didn't get drafted. <laughs> I was gonna say he's like, I think he's gonna get drafted around where Jared Patterson got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not good. Um, I, I think Patterson. I'm back on my initial train. <laughs> he, he he has like 15 pounds and he has like an inch or two okay. and 15 pounds on Jared Patterson. So, yeah, so he could yeah. definitely be a guy that teams look at and say, okay, this is like a – for a day three guy, he's kind of got a clean canvas. Um, he can catch the ball. He can block. It's not like he's amazing at either, but he can do it if you ask him to. Um, you're not going to want to rely on that, but it's not necessarily something like that you're like, oh, I have to get this guy off the field if push comes to shove. Um but I just I, – I don't really see consistent workload. And, and I think the other problem, I just don't think he's really going to get a good shot out the gate on an NFL team from the draft or, or UDFA or anything. I think it's going to be a, a long shot for, for Jerome Ford. You probably have to make a team as a special teamer. Or, like, that's what teams might project him as. Like Seth Williams. Hey, 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 I I missed such a great opportunity. I meant to open with it. I forgot (laughs) to open with it. I was going to be my lead off. It's good that you uh, didn't. It's good that you forgot. (laughs) It's better. It's better. (laughs) But I think that wraps us up, though, right? Anything else you guys wanted to add? Uh, Free agency Um, coming soon. Oh, yeah, we were going to do Zaquandre White initially. We were going to add him on. A, we're a little bit out of time. And B, um, the cut-ups, there's only one cut-up I could find of Zaquandre White, which means that I have to go back and watch, like, the two-hour VOD of the, the South Carolina games. So, like, it just takes a little bit longer to to do the, the analysis on him. But we can probably hit him next week. All right. Cool. Not encouraging that there's only one cut-up of yeah, they'll they'll get released probably because like the the guys who do it and shout out I, the one dude that that I, at least I like a lot is Keelpro eighty eight. You can follow him on Twitter and he's with Dynasty Nerds and stuff. I, I'm pretty sure he's one of the guys that does the cutups there. So shout out Keelpro, you're a fucking saint. 
and <laughs> all the other people do it, like FF astronauts and whatnot. Those guys, shout out you guys. You guys are awesome. And whoever else does it, you you are the you're the real MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, season two, episode 31, 3020 Dynasty Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. We love See you, you next chat. Time. Thanks, guys. Ciao, chat.